You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 122, Water Stains and Toxic Mold. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now... Let's get to the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Today, Steve, we are talking about water stains and toxic mold on Labor Day. Yes. It's, uh, do they say that the Labor Day is supposed to be like the end of summer? I don't know. You can't wear anything white after Labor Day. I don't know. That's something like that. Labor Day is to celebrate people who work. <laughs> I don't even remember what Labor Day is about. I just know it's a holiday. How about that? Yeah, well, I know around here it's uh, that's pretty much. I know our listeners hear this all the time, but we're not far from snow flying, so I know you can't wait for that for yeah. our nine month winter. But Here's the tundra. Welcome yeah. to it. So yeah, it's uh, it's probably you know coming into to fall and winter is a good time to talk about water stains. Absolutely. So what is your definition of a water stain, just so people can visualize and see what you mean? So if you look up at your ceiling and you see discoloration, it's usually yellow. Okay. Um, You'd see a water stain. If it's, um, let's say you're down in your basement that's not finished and you're looking up and you see water stains below, let's say, the toilet or tub. So discoloration. Can there be water stains on your hardwood floors? Oh, absolutely. Now... If they're not finished properly. Okay. If they're finished properly, not really. No, you wouldn't see it. It, Hardwood, obviously, you know, once you install it, you sand it, you stain it, and then you put a clear coat on there, polyurethane. Usually you do several, or I used to when I was a contractor. I guess I am still a contractor, but I don't install hardwood (laughs) floors anymore. Um, But yeah, you shouldn't see it, but on older hardwood floors, absolutely. And are water stains, should they be a concern for people? Because sometimes we've been in hotels staying in 
expensive hotels where we look up in the bathroom where the shower is and we see a water stain. Is that a concern? Absolutely. Why? Because something caused that. Obviously, it's not always moisture, but nine times out of ten, it's going to be water. And pretty much it's a moisture intrusion event. Once that happens, then you elevate the humidity. Once the humidity is over 60%, then mold starts to reproduce. It only takes 48 hours for the mold to become viable and reproduce. So so then if what if somebody's had a mold stain in their ceiling or next to a skylight for years? Is there a high likelihood that there's mold somewhere behind the ceiling? If the stain's not growing, there there could be initially. But if if this if the area gets bigger, most definitely, okay. which tells us it's a chronic problem. Every time there's a good rainstorm or snow, it keeps leaking. And so chronically, yeah. But it, to answer your question, as long as the humidity was elevated for 48 hours, when I say elevated, over 60%, then yes. you Nine times out of ten, when we do mitigation, you we do what's called a flood cut. And we cut that out in the backside of that sheetrock or whatever material it is, if it's cellulose, there's mold on it. So are are there places people should be looking for water stains where typically water stains are hiding, meaning it wouldn't be somewhere as obvious as a ceiling? Um, that, You know, if you have a crawl space, go down there and look up at the subfloor. Okay. If there's not insulation there, if there's insulation, you won't be able to see it. But in a crawl space, you could look, you know, on the, uh, what I call the rim board, but right above the foundation, you know, pull some insulation back and check between the floor joists and see if there's any, any mold growing there. If you have an unfinished basement, go down there, look up, walk around pretty much like below your kitchen and your bathrooms and just look up, make sure that there's no water stains. Also another area we, you know, we've talked about it before, but the entry. So let's say you have where your front door comes in or your back door. If your basement's not finished or if you have a crawl space, go look, crawl under that area because thresholds, you know, on front doors, if you get driving rains, a lot of times it'll... You know, there's, there's moisture in there and, and then a mold problem. But, but yeah, there's there's those places that you normally would see it. Um, other places, too, look around the base or the floor of your water heaters. Um, look below those. Um, places like that, behind your, your washing, your clothes washer, and your laundry room. And so what about underneath sinks? Uh, the floor, sink floor, which uh, pretty much every... Inspection, every VPA I've done, there's water stains below the sink. Wow. Because, like, you know, they're homes. They're, they have defects. Maybe a plumbing line started leaking. Compression fittings not tight enough. Maybe the faucet itself. There's a stem washer going bad, and it's just got a little drip. And You'd be surprised, actually, how often I look underneath the sink, and I see a bucket down there, and there's water in it. And I ask the client, like, what's this here for? Oh, there's just a little leak. <laughs> Instead of fixing it, they fixing just put a pill down there. And well, and oftentimes people have so much stuff in their cupboard below the sink that you wouldn't really see a water stain because right. you have all of your household things down there. Yeah, it's, you know, when we do inspections and VPAs, uh, for our VPAs, those of you that don't know, virtual property assessment for what I do uh, via Zoom, we have, you know, for the VPA, I have the clients pull everything out. That way we can get a good look. Um, but even on a, a an inspection that I do, 
on site. I pull things out and make sure. But I, when I'm testing things, though, as far as the inspection itself, I'm putting my hand underneath there. You know, I'm feeling where the plumbing lines are and the the uh, drain lines to make sure nothing's leaking. But it it's 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 interesting that you bring that up because it it's so often that we see stains below there. And a lot of times it's actually chemicals. I you know, remember it underneath our sink, there was biotin. I had a like a mouthwash biotin down there and it was thin plastic and it started leaking everywhere. So for our listeners, make sure we're, if you have anything that's any type of chemical or liquid, try to put it like in a, in a, like a Tupperware kind of thingy. I don't know what you call them because I don't buy them. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So if, if it does leak, it's contained inside of that. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Um, when you think about it, are there any other places where people wouldn't look for water stains? I'm thinking if you have plants that you're watering that are on the floor, or if you have a, a dog bowl or a water bowl for a pet. Right. And we've talked about those too. You need to have a drip pan. You should have drip pans below plants, below water dishes for your dogs, um, below your water heater, below your washing machine, clothes washing machine. Those are areas you should have a drip pan there. And obviously that drip pan does no good if you don't inspect it and make sure that you know it's doing what it should. And it, a drip pan actually for a washing machine, t- technically, or for the most part, I don't see them. But for a water heater, there, there's a fitting for you to run PVC to you know, the exterior to a drain. So if it is leaking, you know, it has somewhere to go after that drip pan, if that makes sense. That does make sense. So we've just talked about all the different places where people might see water stains. What should they do if they find a water stain? You need to dig a little deeper and see what's causing it. Just because it's been there forever doesn't mean it's not a problem. And there could be mold, like I said, on the back side of it. And it, you know, those mold spores could be making their way down into the living space and then you're breathing those in. So, you know, you can, of course, I have equipment just because that's what I do. But we use infrared cameras, moisture meters. Um, you know, so if I was if I was on site and I see a water stain or when I see it, it's common. You know, we check with the infrared camera to make sure that, you know, it's not wet. And then we check with the moisture detector to see how much moisture is in it. What should the everyday person do? Because obviously you don't want the everyday person cutting sheetrock to see what's behind it. Or they don't have an infrared camera. What should they be doing? Well, they need to monitor it and and see if that that water stain gets larger. Should they take pictures? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Goes goes to something that we talk about all the time. And it's documentation. You have to write things down in a journal. Okay. Um, We're not promoting the mold box. Well, I guess we are, but it's in the bold box <laughs> exactly. and you write it down and, 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 you know, if you can write it down and say, you know, January of 2021, it was, you know, two feet off of the, the, the wall adjacent to it. And then it keeps getting bigger then you know, it's, there's something going on. And if it's in the ceiling, there's, there's very likely there's mold going on up in your attic area too. So, oh, okay. And that's, you know, our listeners hear us talk about it, but, and it just seems to be where we always end up, for the most part, doing mitigation in a crawl space or up in a ceiling. And those are, it's very expensive because, especially in a ceiling, you know, unless we, we use a, a insulation vacuum, 
we have to we have to get all the insulation out around it. Or and it sounds crazy, our listeners would probably freak out, but it's not that bad. But let's just say it's in a corner of a bedroom. It's actually easier to cut the ceiling out. And that way we have access to the attic. Because you know, if it's if we're looking up at the corner right here, mm-hmm. it we're on the outside wall, so the trusses are coming down right there, and there's no head height right there. So it is easier just to cut the, the ceiling out. So make sure if you, if you have a water stain, make sure it's not getting worse and make sure you monitor it. What if somebody is monitoring the water stain and they find out it's just getting bigger and bigger over a number of months? At what point do they call somebody in? Well, I, I you know, as soon as you see it growing and so or getting bigger, then you need to call somebody immediately. And I... I call your insurance company. Okay, so you call the insurance company first. So are they trying to call in a mold person or a home repair person? Who are they bringing to take a look at a growing water stain? Well, I guess, you know, it it could be several different people that they could call in. You know, you could call a roofer if you think it's a roof leak. Okay. Um, You know, if there's maybe a flue up above that that's, you know, let's just say the the rubber jack on it... um, for a plumbing vent, let's, maybe that's just effective and it's an easy fix. So, you know, if it, whatever it is, I guess my whole point is with the roofer, whatever it is, you've got to address what's causing it first. Correct. So for the most part, you would be calling in some sort of contractor as far as roofing contractor, um, general contractor, whoever, because you can't, it's no different. You know this, we, we do not do mold mitigation unless our clients have, repaired the defect that caused it exactly otherwise it's just going to come back it's just going to come back okay and what if somebody is finding uh water stains in a place that they don't live in or own like school school uh work maybe their kids are playing high school sports and there are water stains in their kids locker shower areas which is pretty notorious to happen what do parents do when it's, let's say, the school or it's the locker room at the that, high school. That's where it gets a lot more difficult. Um, you know, I, I've talked about this before. Schools, you know, I I actually have offered to do free radon testing for schools just to make sure that the children are safe. They're not going to get cancer 30 years down the road. And I get turned down. <laughs> and it's kind of a, it's kind of sad, but it's kind of a just, you know, they just look the other way and don't want to deal with it. So it's a little tougher um, with the school now at work. Um, you know, we talked about hotels that have water stains. You know, it's especially with acoustical ceilings. You know, you see a water stain, the roof's leaking. Yeah. So there's you're being probably you're being exposed to to mold spores. And so at work, you got you know I think you have a little more power as far as going to your boss and saying hey. You know, I'm not not blaming my workplace for anything, but there's all these water stains and, and I get sick every time I'm here. And, you know, we've talked about that before and it's the whole workplace things. It's kind of difficult. You have to you really have to know who you're dealing with. Exactly. Because they, you know, they might shun you and be like, oh, that person's just a hypochondriac. This has nothing to do. Them being sick all the time has nothing to do with in here. Nobody else is sick. doesn't mean it's not a problem. Exactly. Okay. So it's definitely about noticing, but also letting the right people know that you've noticed and that it's a concern. Yeah. You know, and I guess I'm not saying when it's school or work to just ignore it. I mean, you do need to address it. But at the end of the day, 
it's not your property. So I, I wouldn't expect the, the uh, school or school district to address it unless enough people complain and, and, you know, then they're kind of forced into it. But it's, it's a difficult situation. It reminds me of renters, you know, it's a, it's tough. It all depends on your landlord. Like they could look at you and just go, Oh no, if you, if you think it's a problem, you hire a mold inspector and you do this and you do that. Yeah. And that gets expensive. Absolutely. So what, what's your call to action for people when it comes to water stains and toxic mold? So if you're at home, just take five minutes right now. And I mean, maybe 10 might take you a little longer, but just look at the ceilings. And then I know people don't like to go in crawl spaces, but if you have a crawl space, send your kid down there, your husband, whoever likes to go down there and have them check below all the plumbing fixtures and make sure there's no water stains. And for at work, Whatever you do, if you, you know, whatever kind of job you have, you go work in office, look at the ceiling above you. Absolutely. So be proactive, which is what you promote in a lot of the books that you've written. Yes. So which book would you suggest is most related to today's topic? You know, I cover mold quite a bit in all of them, obviously. (laughs) Uh, But toxic mold in my old home Ah, probably gives you more of um, a more in-depth look at the discovery and then the investigation process of it, like figuring out what's causing it. But I, I address it in all of my books, but the second book, Toxic, Toxic Mold, yep, in my old home. All right. And they're available. On Amazon yep. in Kindle format. So that's ebook format in paperback format and on Audible. Yep. So you can listen to it. You can flip through it on a, on an iPad or you can actually get the real thing and exactly. you can mark it with a highlighter. Yep. Yeah, that's probably the best thing. You can buy the mold box and get one too. <laughs> oh, that's and, true. And you get a journal. Yep. So. There you go. But for all our listeners out there, hopefully you guys had a great weekend and school's starting soon. So, and the cold's coming. Yes, at least in our area. So have a wonderful rest of the Labor Day and we'll catch you in the next episode. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.